0: Hi there, I'm Françoise von Trapp, and this is the 3D Insights Podcast. So as you all know by now, ever since the chip shortage impacted your local car dealership, everyone in the world knows how critical semiconductor technology is to every person on the planet. They may not understand it, but the fact that they are critical to our everyday lives is pretty clear. Now, before all this happened, one of my industry colleagues, who I knew as the 3D technology expert at Qualcomm, he felt a calling to teach the general public about the wonders of semiconductor chips and their capabilities through my favorite vehicle, storytelling. So he left his career in engineering and set out to become a techno-thriller novelist in which his heroes are semiconductor engineers who must save the world from imminent destruction, kind of like we're trying to do in real life. So his name is Raiko Radicek, and he's here with me today to talk about his journey as a semiconductor engineer and to talk about his new novel, Startup. Hi, Raiko. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, Francois. Thank you very much. Wonderful introduction.
0: It, it's, been, it's been a few years since we've seen each other.
1: It has. I'm in denial about being retired. So I officially retired in 2016, and since then I've uh, retooled myself to become a writer.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Now, I have to confess, I have not read the book yet, but I do plan on it. I did, however, read your bio and the synopsis, and you had a really interesting childhood and career. Can you tell us a little bit about that to get started?
1: Yes, I am a very lucky man. I I was born in Yugoslavia. grew up in Yugoslavia, and then my dad took a a job with uh, World Health, so uh, he was a doctor. So we lived in uh, odd places like, uh, it's not Bangladesh, it was East Pakistan. We lived in Nigeria and Kenya all over. Um, I went. Uh, I finished school in Switzerland, and I went to school in England, got my degrees there. And I've been a semiconductor technologist living in San Diego ever since. I love my 35 years in the industry. I enjoy every minute of it. And now I can say it. I would actually pay to have done what I've done instead of them paying me, you know?
0: Well, they do say that if you find something that you love, it's not work, right? If you go to your job every day and you love what you do, it's not a job. It's you're following your passion. How did you actually get into the semiconductor industry? I mean, you talked about where you were educated, but what really drove you to that? Because one of the things I'm hearing about lately is that there was no semiconductor path. You became an engineer, but there wasn't a lot understood about the semiconductor industry. So what inspired you to follow that career path?
1: In high school, I was very attracted to sort of physical chemistry kind of thing, atoms, molecules, how things were put together. Um then I studied electronics and I happened to like the solid state part better than anything else and got my bachelor's there. And then I lucked out and um my prof found me a scholarship and my uh, PhD thesis was solar cells. And it was all solid state physics in the early days before solar cells were there there today. And uh, then I came to States and um, sort of carried on in the the, sort of growing chip industry. I was a reliability engineer when we were just inventing um, failure mechanisms. I mean, this was in time when most people thought there was no such thing as bad reliability for chips because there's no moving parts so we had to invent all the failure mechanisms that was just so much fun
0: so did you work mostly in the test space
1: well no i had a lab um not not product tests i had a lab and test chips and we were trying to understand what the heck is this electromigration, or what are hot electrons? I mean, what do you mean hot electrons <laughs> and so forth you know, So we were uh, discovering, studying the basic failure mechanisms that were just brand new then kind of a thing. And then over that I migrated into failure analysis and physical analysis and ended up having a set of labs that were there to sort of like a silicon to design infrastructure basically how you define design rules, how do you how do you drive a design towards a process technology? And at that time we had our own little fab. So so it was beautifully integrated, vertically integrated entity that was small enough that you could do anything you wanted. You know. Was
0: this at Qualcomm?
1: And no, this was this was years before Qualcomm. This was at Unisys. Okay. At, at that time all major mainframe makers had their own little fabs and we were like that and then i moved to cadence in the time when cadence wanted to do um i wanted to broaden out of just eda so they wanted to move into services and there was a very interesting um, arrangement between unisys and cadence and as part of that arrangement i moved to cadence and then we started selling that Silicon characterization infrastructure as a service to outside buyers. So I had a lot of customers in Japan and in uh, in, in some in Europe, uh, Taiwan, and so forth for things like test chip design, spice model extraction. Uh, uh How do you qualify a, a, a library? So the, we called it on ramps now, and you know now we would call it like TSMC uh, IP Alliance. It's that kind of infrastructure. But then it was just nascent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I moved to PDF and along with that, um, got into DFM. DFM was really hot then and uh, PDF was hot startup.
0: PDF Solutions? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. They're actually members. And um, for those who don't know, does DFM is designed for manufacture?
1: Yes, thank you very much. So again, this was a in the nascent time. I moved not just myself, my entire group moved to PDF. So that whole uh, technology characterization, test chip design, device modeling, and labs—they went with it—and all that uh, all moved to PDF. Um, so I did that for a few years. Then I did some consulting. And then as a DFM expert, I went to Kate, uh, to to Qualcomm. Qualcomm, in fact, was my consult, consulting client. So I did that for a year or two. And then uh, we started uh, an advanced technology integration team at Qualcomm, which is sort of interesting because Qualcomm is fabulous. And we were doing advanced technology. So was sort of an interesting thing. And as part of that, we got to do 3d stuff and i met you and uh, the rest of the 3d world and it was just a fantastic um i liked it because it was a very holistic experience we looked at design we looked at packaging we worked with uh foundries to stand up uh tsv technology and all that it was it was just a wonderful i loved it kind of a thing and then i um, I got a nice package and I left uh, Qualcomm and started becoming a writer.
0: Okay, so that segues nicely into my next question is, now, what in, have you always wanted to write fiction?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm an engineer, you know, fiction is a dirty word. you know. So so no. Yeah, it's I an
0: interesting to, transition from engineer to, to writer of fiction.
1: So this is how it happened. After I left Qualcomm, I thought, okay, I've learned a lot about 3D. So I'm gonna sit down and write a book, like a period at the end of a segment of my career. And I wrote a technical book about 3D stuff and the trade-offs at that time and all that. Published it with Springer; It was very satisfying and so forth. Then I thought about it and I thought, well, I've also learned how to manage advanced technology. How do you manage, you know, this concept of how do you do advanced technology while you're fabulous? How do you stand up a disruptive technology like 3D that cannibalizes the existing paradigm? How do you get a company to accept or adopt that or not? And so forth. So, oh, you know, it, it, there's just management stuff I learned. So I thought, okay, I'll write the second book about management. But then I thought, let's make it interesting and rather than making another dry management book, I'll write it like a story where I have made up characters living what we actually did finding out the things that we learned kind of a thing so so it was you know novelized management book and i discovered i love the freedom of writing fiction i don't have to, i don't have to cite any references I, you know it, it was just a new degree of freedom of uh, I can write whatever pops in my head. I I am God. I can do anything. Do
0: Do you put structure around you? Like when you go through the writing process, do you like start with an outline and do you have the whole story figured out in your head or does it kind of come as you go?
1: So it changed. The first novel I wrote, it was called Between the, the Titans. And for that, the real question I had in my head is, do I have it in me to be a writer? I didn't know. So I thought, ah, let's try it. And for that, I really did spell it out, work out the, the, the you know, did it properly, kind of a thing. Then I wrote uh, Between the Dragons, which is the second one, and then Startup that just came out. By the time I was doing Startup, I was more comfortable with this. I had I've learned stuff. So so um, I had a landscape in my mind. And then I made it up as I went along, <laughs> I think. And Fun. very often, I actually surprised myself. Oh, yeah. this makes sense. I'll go there. So now I'm a writer.
0: So when did you come up with the idea that this would be a way you could educate the general public on semiconductor technology, you know, through these techno thrillers?
1: So I, I love my profession. And I think the whole adventure of chip technology is just mind blowing and awesome. And, you know, Without a doubt, we change the world. We we this is like a new renaissance. We changed every walk of life. Nobody knows this stuff, nobody understands it, nobody, nobody cares. And I understand why. Because our world is so complex and abstract. It's hard to get people to get it, kind of I think. So I think it's a matter of let me package it in something that people may find more digestible. And, you know, by that time, I was having a little bit more free time. So I was reading things like Grisham. And I thought, this guy, I'm not as good as Grisham, but this guy is so good at wrapping points of law inside a story that makes it interesting. I mean, nobody ever accused engineers of being interested in points of law. So I thought, you know, Grisham does such a good job of, um, writing a good thriller story and sneaking points a lot into the story so I'm going to be able to write uh, things not technical details obviously but some uh, higher level concepts of technology, how it works, how the industry works you know, how a phone works mm-hmm. um, and try to wrap it up inside the story so that the reader won't really notice that he's learning about how a phone works or whatever you know And it's been such a lot of fun since I started that um, I I love it.
0: I actually found out about your book from a post on LinkedIn. And you were talking about how when you were an engineer, your kids decided that believing that you worked for the mafia was easier easier than trying to understand what it was that you did. And that was kind of what sparked your thought about maybe making the general public understand or explaining it as a profession. Yes, to portray our profession as something more than a stereotypical awkward nerd in a hoodie.
1: Exactly. You know, yeah. that, that, that is a stereotype. We as a profession have changed the world in countless ways. And, you know, all the TV shows and TV dramas are about lawyers and doctors. Not a single one about, about people like us. And yet, Hey, wait, we matter, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. And, you know, maybe, um, somebody will pick up your book and turn it into a Netflix series.
1: Now, wouldn't that be fun? But, you know, wouldn't it be even funner if they turn it into a Netflix series and then insert it instead of ads some actual snippets about factual stuff about Mm -hmm. our technology? How cool would that be?
0: Maybe a docudrama. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, a docudrama. (laughs) So um, let's talk a little bit about startup, which is not your first novel, but it's your most recent novel. That's right. The first paragraph in the synopsis reads: Professor
1: Andrew Kirstich Andrew. Yes.
0: Andrew Kristic. So this is set in Yugoslavia.
1: No, no, no. It's set in America and all that. I just arbitrarily picked a, a, somebody who had my kind of background.
0: Ah, okay.
1: There are points in the story that actually happened in Montenegro.
0: I see. Okay.
1: I needed an excuse of why would this guy be going to Montenegro? And it's because he grew up here and so forth, you know.
0: Okay, so the paragraph reads, Professor Andrew Andrew Krzyk is a bright man. Some would say brilliant the stellar and secure career at one of the best universities in the country, teaching electronic engineering and pursuing leading edge research in semiconductor technology. But when an opportunity for financing an artificial intelligent high-tech startup presents itself, he embraces the offer, even though the seed money is offered by an odd and somewhat suspicious Armenian oligarch. So like, how do you get these ideas?
1: <laughs> well, uh, I, through my career, I had an opportunity to, to work with a couple of companies that had, they were sort of like startups. They happened mm-hmm. to have uh, Armenians involved with it and purely coincidental. PDF, I worked at PDF. The CEO of PDF, John Kiberian is originally Armenian. And uh, I worked for a while or I consulted for a while with a company that was called Ponte. There was also a bunch of Armenians and all that. So yeah, Armenians, it's a good one. And, you know, you can't just talk about startup on AI. You need some drama.
0: Right, of course. So do you take the opportunity to teach your readers about artificial intelligence and the power behind it and machine learning and all of that?
1: Not much. I shied away from getting too technical on that. Mm -hmm. But, by the way, their technology is 3D technology. I had to to squeeze that in. (laughs) Um, now, AI is too big a subject to sort of wrap into a book like that. So I picked one arbitrary application and all that. Um, and really what I wanted to talk about was not so much AI, but startups and the phases of startups, because our industry has everything has, you know, we're big into startups. So this business, of so what's around A? What's around B? What, what are you trying to do? It's, uh, you know, with an angel and what are you trying to do when you're around B? You know, the phases of evolving a chip company is is important to the structure of our industry. And that's really the focus of, of the book. And then to get a drama, well, in this particular case, the funder is a shady oligarch and where his money comes from causes all sorts of problems and so forth. Uh, I,
0: okay. Well, I I do. I am going to read it. I'm I'm intrigued now. And I don't usually pick up techno thrillers. Do you draw from your own experiences in the industry? I mean, you mentioned that your main character kind of draws on some of your own experiences. Would people recognize themselves? Do you draw from your experiences to develop the characters?
1: So here is a game we can play. <laughs> read, read, read the book and tell me if you can recognize any of the people in the book. There are some that are pretty... well not very heavily disguised. Okay. So so yes, I do pick up, particularly when they're and you know our industry does have some colorful characters. So yes, the highly colorful character characters, I did not need to do much to disguise them or change them or drama them up, kind of a thing. So yes, I borrow some people from reality and then make other people entirely out of my imagination.
0: And, of course, you change the names to protect the innocent.
1: Yes, of course.
0: (laughs) So would these people recognize themselves if they were to read the book?
1: I think so. I hope they won't sue me.
0: Do you let them know beforehand that they're going to be featured in your book?
1: Uh, No, not really. I've (laughs) I've decided it's just easier to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission, kind I of think.
0: Well, and you can also so, say, no, that's not you. Maybe it was inspired by somebody like you, but it's not exactly you.
1: Exactly. The names amassed. There is plausible deniability there.
0: For your audience, you're trying to reach the general public and help them learn about semiconductor technology. But I have a feeling that you also would like people within the industry would get a kick out of this
1: I, I hope so I, I, I think um, sometimes we who live the, the technology lose our sense of awe at how cool it is mm-hmm. and I hope that some of that sense can be picked up in the context of a story.
0: yeah I'm um, I'm really excited and I can't wait to read it and then what's um, what's next?
1: You Uh, you know, if you think I was skating on tin ice or using uh, some real people in the industry, well, the next book is called FA Confidential and it starts from the CHIPS Act about this business of America is trying to build a whole bunch of onshore fabs for obvious uh, strategic reasons and so forth. And um, there is some high-level international intrigues, maybe levels of sabotage and governments get involved and so forth. How exciting. It's
0: kind of sounds kind of scary.
1: Uh, well, what, one, of my, one of my beta readers says, you know, that one is um, as good as Clancy. And you will get a call from you know the government organs who will ask you how do you know that stuff <laughs> you know? right
0: well i think um we need to tell people where they can find your books
1: yeah, yeah. so you can buy it at the usual places uh amazon uh, bars and noble and all that the publisher for that for, for startup is a company called open books you can buy it on their website okay
0: well thank you so much for joining hey. me today And um, I look forward to reading the book.
1: Thank you very much. And do let me know what you think of it.
0: There's lots more to come. So tune in next time to the 3D Insights Podcast. The 3D Insights Podcast is a production of 3D Insights, LLC.